welcome to episode 243, or something like that, of Magic the Amateuring. It's going to be a very exciting episode because a very exciting event is coming up, and that is the Ixalan pre-release. There's nothing I love better than a good pre-release, not even an Oreo Blizzard with extra Oreo. That is impressive, you guys, because Maria loves Oreo Blizzards more than basically anything. It's true, and here's a fun fact. If you say you want an Oreo Blizzard, or any other Blizzard for that matter, and you say extra Oreo or extra blank, they will add extra into your Blizzard for 25 cents, and guess what? It's worth it. Wow. I can't believe that you can get, an like, an so basically what you're asking for is an Oreo Blizzard with Oreo. Yeah, with Morio. As if you're like... <laughs> I find myself for that one. And that's been this week's podcast. <laughs> I guess we'll catch Just you next week. Just can't get any better than that, unfortunately. Uh, or we can are, it? We can, because we're going to have Judge Rob on to explain all of the sweet new mechanics and rule changes and interesting card interactions coming your way this weekend. Yes, Ixalan is hot off the presses, and you need to know what to do at your pre-release so you don't act the fool and play like an all-time master pro. That's right. Do you know what? I felt like a fool about today, Maria. Sure, hit me. I found out that there was a third Wilson brother. <laughs> I also did not know there was a third Wilson brother. And we're not talking about Wilson Phillips, the lady band. And we're not talking about Wilson, the people who make tennis rackets no. or whatever they make. We're talking about Owen Wilson, Luke yes. Wilson. There's a third Wilson. Do you know what his name is? It is Andrew Wilson. Who knew? He is the oldest of the Wilson brothers. This is really incredible news that blew me away. Uh, he is apparently uh, someone in Idiocracy. Yes. And also has several smaller roles in other films. <laughs> he has a small role in the Royal Tenenbaums. We checked. And yes. uh, I hope you know that Magic the Amateuring is your magic-based podcast that you can go to for your news on actors like Nicolas Cage. Tommy Lee Jones. And now Andrew Wilson. <laughs> Only specifically those, those three. three. Those three. Anybody actors. you're going to have to go to another podcast. Yeah, whatever. But those three we will tell you about. We'll also tell you all about Magic the Gathering. I'm one of your hosts, Megan. And I'm one of your hosts, Maria. We could have said that a while ago. But, but we didn't. Uh, <laughs> and on today's episode, as we said, Judge Rob is here to tell us all about the cool new stuff in Ixalan and how to not feel like a real dum-dum pie when you go to your pre-release. And of course, one of our favorite uh, times of the year is naming cutest card and grossest card. Yep. And Ixalan, it is your turn to be cute and or gross. Also, dum-dum pie was a <laughs> failed recipe wherein you melted a bunch of dum-dums and put them into a crust. Oh, so it, I was going to say gross. It is, as, it is as disgusting as it sounds. <laughs> it's like you can't even eat that. That's like hard. <laughs> I, I said it was a failed recipe. Oh. <laughs> hey, Mom, you make me that dumb dumb pie. <laughs> it's my favorite. You have the worst taste of all my children. I know, but I need me that dumb dumb pie. Why did I invent this? <laughs> Put it on my tongue, Mom. Dum dum pie. Anyway, <laughs> before we get into all that goodness, yep. that dum dum pie goodness, we're oh. going to tell you thank you for being a supporter of the show. If you are, in fact, a member of the Less Than 1% Club, the Supporters Club of Magic the Amateuring. That's right. You can head over to patreon.com slash mtacast. We have all sorts of rewards, magnetic poetry sets, yeah. playmats that you can earn by supporting the show. And of course, you also earn our unending gratitude and appreciation, not only of us, but 
of all the listeners out yeah. there because without you, the show would it literally just not happen. happen. Yeah. And uh, you're so great. We want to say thank you with by rewarding you, but also by continuing to broadcast to you every week out of your cat's mouth, out of wherever you listen. Uh, yes. Welcome to everybody who joined the Magic the Amateuring family this past month. Thank you so much. You are the glue that holds this Popsicle stick fort together. That's right. And uh, we couldn't thank you enough. You are the crust of the Dum Dum Pie. <laughs> the crust of the dum dum pie all you have to do it's super easy go to patreon.com slash mtacast and for less than you bought your last pair of socks for you can support us every single that's month that's actually correct yep. i was trying to think socks always cost more than i want them to they really do but i should like stop devaluing socks like that they do a difficult job i mean you can't replace a sock with very much no like a sock is the only thing that does its job like I can wear a skirt instead of pants or leggings. Can yeah. I? What can I wear instead of a sock? Uh, sandals. Yeah, but it's cold in Minnesota. That's true. So what am I gonna do? Nothing. Wrap my foot in a ball of cotton. Put a Kleenex between my toes. Not the oh, same thing. Gross. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Anyways, thank you also to our sponsor, CardKingdom.com. CardKingdom.com slash MTACast. You want to pick up this new set? You want to buy oh, a yeah, box of I Ixalan? I do. There's a best place to do it, and that best place is Card Kingdom. Uh, they will ship it to you so fast that you'll, that, you'll, freak. that you'll freak out. It will arrive on your doorstep days before you expect it. It's like when you got that baby that showed up on your porch and you're like, what? I didn't expect this baby. That's, That's how right. it feels every time you get an order from Card Kingdom. They are cardkingdom.com as fast as storks. <laughs> I think that's their tagline. I yeah. really do. One of our favorite things to do is to draft with our friends the brand new set. And if you want to do that with your friends, if you've never done it, we suggest going to cardkingdom.com slash MTACast. Please use that link. It's the only way they know that you are supporting us, supporting them. Um, send out an evite or however you want to do this. Don't, maybe don't use an evite. Those things that's, are like that's kind weird. of annoying. And your friends are not going to come. <laughs> But do something so you can hang out and draft with your buds of Ixalan and do it through Card Kingdom, the best place to buy magic cards. Uh, it's just it's just a great place with great people. And mm -hmm. Ixalan looks like it's going to be a great set. Yeah, it does. So let's dive in. High five across Rob's face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to the show, Judge Rob. Judge Rob. Hi. Judge Rob, Hi. what are you reading this episode? Um, Brandon Sanderson's The Way of Kings. Oh, excellent. Uh, which is the first book of his Stormlight Archive series. Uh, the third book comes out in November, so I'm starting my run-up because they're giant doorstops. Yes, oh, oh, I'm, I'm way back book. and probably way quiet. That's okay. So, Excellent yeah. choice for your book today. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Rob, just for the listeners who don't know how cool you are, can you please introduce yourself? Oh, yes. Uh, I'm Judge Rob. I'm a <laughs> level three judge and regional coordinator for the USA North region. I North region, best region. It is best region. That's my opinion. <laughs> and so I, I do a lot of judging. I've been doing this for since 2004. Um, it was actually 13 years for me in August. Oh, so. congratulations. Wow. That's, That's insane. Happy judge birthday. I'm not Thank even you. 13 years old. I yes, you are. You are definitely a minor. You have to have people sign documents for you, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Maria is. I'm not is, allowed to drive. Uh, recording today, and despite the fact that she should be in school right now. And it's Rob, like looking dapper, I should say as yeah. well, a velvet jacket. Yes. Yeah, uh, a really good friend of mine, actually, a, a judge friend of mine, uh, Stephen Briggs, the regional coordinator for USA Central Region. Got Central Region, second best region. Yeah, yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
And so I was I was one of his groomsmen in the wedding. Oh, excellent choice. Yeah. Excellent choice it. to be a groomsman. No, I mean, yeah. that he cho- did he choose these jackets for you? No, he just gave us a color selection and said, do what you want. Oh, awesome. And I said, oh, I could do with a I'm gonna do velvet a jacket. Velvet jacket. So, wow. If you all aren't watching this on YouTube, head over to YouTube.com slash MTACast. Get a load of Rob's sweet velvet jacket. That's all I got to say. It's great. It's really nice. It's pretty so, warm. Rob, overall, <laughs> yeah. overall thoughts on Ixalan. Uh, how is the set looking to you? I think this set looks super sweet. And it... It has a lot of stuff going on. It's a tribal set. It's it's an exploration set. It's got pirates. It's got dinosaurs. And they are actually delivering on pirates and dinosaurs being cool, unlike, you know, every other pirate and every other dinosaur that's ever existed in Magic. You don't think they're cool? No, no, no. I think the previous ones were all kind of not cool. They were like Alpha Tyranax was like a 6-5 for 6. Oh, I see. You want them to be sweet. Yes, I want sweet dinosaurs. Okay, got it. Uh, all the pirates didn't feel like pirates in the Rashadron block. In Mercajan masks. Was that the last time we had pirates? That was the last time that we had pirate cards. Wow. Um, and none of them had pirate in their name for the most part. Uh, like they, they were all like Rishadrin Cutpurse is a is a pirate. Yeah, how would you know that? <laughs> <laughs> like you, you just have to know that. Like just this, like take some context clues. Right. And be like, Look, whatever. There's, there's a pirate, pirate bird. I know. A pirate there's a pirate bird. bird? Yeah, a pirate bird. Um, I think that is the Cutpurse. Uh, wow, that's cool. I, That's you know, pretty neat. What context clues do you need when you're like, is this person a pirate? Eye patch, check. Peg leg, check. Bird on the shoulder, check. Is a giant bird. I was thinking more like, it's like, oh, are they like, are they on a boat? <laughs> are um, they trying to steal my jewels? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, do right. they have a? Do they have a cutlass? Brigand, Rashadun Brigand. Oh, it is a, oh, and that's a pirate bird. It's a human pirate. Actually, the person is the pirate. The oh, giant bird is the not pirate. I see. I don't. It has flying though. Do you know what? In my mind, that bird is the pirate. Yeah, me too. Me I, too. I mean, that's that's what I always thought it was, and apparently, I was mistaken. Uh, I believe. Okay. I believe what you believe. Um, that's all right. I, Ixalan is is super sweet. It's just lousy with awesome pirates yes. and dinosaurs. And uh, new mechanics and keywords. So what we're going to do, the way we're going to structure this is we're going to go through the new mechanics, keywords, abilities, that kind of thing first. Then we're going to talk about specific cards and answer your questions that you've tweeted in or Facebooked in to us. So Rob, hit us off. What do you want to start the learning with? I would like to talk about Explore. Uh, So would we. Yeah. Explore shows up in all of the tribes. So there's four big tribes in, in Ixalan, right? There's the pirates, there's the dinosaurs, there's the vampires, and then there's the merfolk, right? Wow. It's crowded plane. It's, yes. Well, it's, I mean, usually they do fives, right? Oh. Oh, like in Lorwyn, was there five tribes? Lorwyn had eight. Wow. Okay, never <laughs> mind. <laughs> like, and so they can do different numbers by picking different color combinations for the tribes. So yeah. they're, like, dinosaurs are in three colors, pirates are in three, and merfolk and pirate or merfolk and vampires are in two. Two. Each. Okay. Uh, which, oh, okay. That's which interesting. Yeah. Technically, color balances things. It's just weird. It's, it's unusual, and I like that they're trying new things. Yeah. And awesome. so Explorer shows up on everything. There are pirates with Explorer. There are, I don't think there are any dinosaurs with Explorer. You explore to find dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. They just, dinosaurs, that's not really. <laughs> there's a little dinosaur out there that wants to explore its heart out. Probably true. Uh, so I want to talk about Explorer. Explore is a keyword action, uh, which means that it just, it goes into sentences as an action that you take or as your cards take. Um, so I'm going to talk about uh, Dead Eye Tractor here. It's a one-one for a single black. It's a human pirate, black one and tap. Exile two target cards from an opponent's graveyard. Dead Eye Tracker explores. And so to explore, you reveal the top card of your library, and if it's a land, you put it into your hand, 
And if it's not a land, then you get to choose whether it goes to the, to the top of your library or your graveyard. And then you also get a plus one, plus one counter on the creature that explores. So you either get to discover new territory or your creature gets bigger as, a, as like... They learned yeah. something. I was going to say they stayed at home and like got buff. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and so they... Like, I'm having problems wrapping my head around this mechanic in terms of, like, remembering what it does repeatedly, which means that it's not, they they sometimes describe mechanics as sticky or not sticky. Like, everybody just kind of knows what Scry does. It sticks in your head really easily, right? Yeah. Oh, sure. And Explore, I have to keep rereading and rethinking about. After I play with it a few times, it'll probably be Molasses, a notably yeah. sticky mechanic. Yes. <laughs> Except when it's really hot and in a giant tank in Boston. Ooh. The Great Molasses Flood of... That's right. Wow. Yeah. People died. Yes, in there the were a lot of people that died. the Molasses Flood? Yeah. Yeah. They're, what they're a way to go. <laughs> wow. Uh, a giant tank of molasses ruptured and flooded a street in Boston and killed a bunch of people. They Did they drown in the molasses? Some of them did. Yes. Some of them were just knocked down and, and buried and underneath buried buildings. Oh, houses. drowned. That's yeah. horrifying. And yes, it is. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> That or just normal drowning? <laughs> I mean, let's not pick. Okay, let's both not bad. pick. They're both, both bad. Say they're both bad. <laughs> they're both bad. But yeah, we'll play with it, yeah. and I'm sure it'll be. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, um, there's a handful of cards that trigger based on exploring happening. Uh, Lurking Chupacabra is a two three for black and three. Very exciting. It's a beast yeah. horror. I'm so excited. Uh, whenever a creature you control explores, target creature an opponent controls gets minus two minus two until end of turn. Pretty cool. Yeah. It triggers after you take the explore action. So after you do all the stuff. So you know whether or not you've seen a land. You know what the top card of your library is if you put it back on top of your library. Okay. So you get to know everything before you make the decisions for Lurking Chupacabra. Before its trigger even goes in the stack. Okay. Uh, and that's that's true for all the explore triggers that happen. Gotcha. You get to know everything about the exploration before you make a decision about the trigger. Ah. Uh, it's super relevant for Lurking Chupacabra because yeah. knowing if you're, whether right. or not you're drawing a removal spell is... Is pretty important. Yeah. Um, if you explore and you see a double-faced card. Like uh, the new lands yeah, or something. Yeah. It, it, you look at only the front side of it. So when you explore and front across a double-faced card, it's not a land in your library. Okay. And we'll talk about that with double-faced cards. Oh, I see. Oh, so yeah, it's not yeah. like you can't just turn it over and look yeah. at the back. You're like, no, this is yeah. not a land. Yeah, yeah, this is not a land. Um, I don't put it in my hand, so I don't put the double-faced cards in, in my hand when gotcha. I explore. And it, the... You, you only see the front side of it, basically. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. And, oh, and here's a relevant thing for people named Maria. Yes. Uh, two things. If the card is both a land and something else, it's a land you put it in your hand. Uh, there's only one of those. And if you have no cards in your library, you get a plus one, plus one counter. Because you you it says, if you reveal a land, put it in your hand. If you didn't reveal a land, which, because you can't reveal any cards, you didn't. You'll get a plus one, plus one. <laughs> and then you lose the game. Probably. I reveal nothing. <laughs> oh, it's not strictly true. There's cards that will put cards back in your library. That's true. There is even one in this set. It's true. Yeah. Uh, and so, I actually, because they're back and they're awesome, I want to talk about double face cards. Now, oh, actually. they're so great. They're so awesome. So, all the double face cards in this set are about exploration. They're all rares. And they all... They all are some is something that you're like a legendary quest, like the search for as as Kanta uh, is basically the search for um, search for Atlantis, mm -hmm. basically. And so they they're themed around searching for things and they all transform into a land with a super sweet ability, a very, very powerful ability. And beautiful layout and artwork. Yes. We've talked about this a million oh, times, but that. gosh, yes. they look them. so good. They, they look gorgeous. 
And so they're all rare, so you're going to end up with them pretty infrequently in your pre-release events. Uh, but you're going to probably see them a bunch in standard because they're all pretty powerful, actually. Uh, well, that's not strictly true, but they all look pretty good. Um, so talking about the search for Ezkanta, uh, it's a legendary enchantment, uh, a one and a blue to cast it. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may put it into your graveyard. Then, if you have seven or more cards in your graveyard, you may transform search for Ezkanta. On the other side, it's Ezkanta, the Sunken Ruin, legendary land. Taps for blue, uh, uh, two blue tap. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a non-creature, non-land card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Gotcha. And so this is this is a very, very powerful card filtering tool, actually, on both sides. Yeah. Um, um, question. So it did say May, right? Yep. So you can just be like, no, I'm going to continue looking for Ascanta. Yes. Uh, I found it, I found but I'm it, good. I found <laughs> you know it, but what? let's just pretend like I didn't find it and I need to search some more. Yep. And so that that's important because some say May and some say don't. Or, so treasure map, uh, two cost artifact. Uh, one in a tap, scry one, put a landmark counter on treasure map. Then if there are three or more landmark counters on it, remove those counters, transform it, and create three colorless treasure artifact tokens, uh, which we'll talk about treasure in a little bit. Yeah. But it's not optional. When you find the treasure, treasure map transforms. Gives you three treasure tokens. It sends you to treasure cove, which is a land, taps for colorless, and you tap and sacrifice it to draw a card. Oh, you're getting or, those sorry, treasures. T- tap and sacrifice a treasure. Draw a card. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you can't elect not to transform it in order to repeatedly get treasures out of treasure map. Okay. Uh, That's fair. And so pay attention. Some of them say may. Some of them don't say may. Gotcha. Good note. And yeah. Make sure your sleeves are good enough to yes. hide these bad boys. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of checklists running around. There's actually very few uh, double face cards in the set. There's about as, ma- about as many as the mythics. Okay. So they're, but they're rare. So there's not a ton of them. They're going to be a little bit more frequent if you played in Origins, if you remember the double-faced Planeswalkers. Yeah. Eh, about twice as frequent as that. Okay. You remember how, how you get one of those about like every three or four sealed pools. Gotcha. So they'll be these will be running around. They'll be about one every other sealed pool or so. Fingers crossed! Yeah. Question. Um, this goes for treasure map that we just looked yeah. at. So it says one in tap, scry one, put a landmark counter. Then if there are three more landmark counters on it, remove those counter- counters, transform treasure map, and create three tokens. Yep. When you when I transform it, is it tapped or is it untapped? Uh, treasure map it transforms tapped. Okay, um, that's rem- what I thought. Yeah, and so it'll be tapped after it transforms. because. So it, in that case, unless yes. it says like untap it, whatever yep. state it was yes. in. Uh, okay. But there's the, the transforming boat uh, yes. exiles itself, then returns transformed. Oh. So it will be untapped. Okay. Um, so pay attention to the way that things transform. All of these transform based on some ability resolving. So yeah. f- with search for Ezkanta, it, it doesn't just auto transform when you get a seventh land, a seventh card in your graveyard. You have to at the beginning of your upkeep do the trigger, mill uh, like do whatever you're going to do with the top card of your library, and then you may transform and only at that time, only gotcha. when the ability resolves. Very cool. Um, and that's the, that's the same with all. They don't just transform themselves if they come close to their condition they need a, a specific timing to happen generally just like a yeah. werewolf won't transform when just a moon whenever. is almost full <laughs> you gotta wait till that moon is 100 percent, baby all the way yes <laughs> and rage is here um i'm actually gonna skip to treasure because i realize yeah, we that we should talk it. about that following oh, treasure yeah, map yeah. um so treasure uh treasure is really similar to an old thing they did called gold that they did in Theros. Yes. Oh, yeah. And we talked about we gold. Yes. We talked about gold. Treasure uh, makes a token 
It's a token artifact with tap, sacrifice, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So anytime something makes a treasure token, that's exactly what it makes. Yeah. They're all interchangeable. They're all the same. And things will make treasure in small numbers or large numbers. Uh, spell Swindle is uh, <laughs> three blue blue instant counter target spell. Create X colorless treasure artifact tokens where X is at spells converted mana cost. And it describes them. It says that you have tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. And it's a non-creature token. It's a mana ability. Nobody can respond to it. And there's a bunch of things that make treasure across all the colors. If you have a spell that has Inspire, uh, so you have War of Invention, which has Inspire as an, as an ability that lets you tap artifacts to help cast your spell, you can't get mana from the treasure token and also use it for Inspire. Gotcha. Because it's gone. And yes. I was just thinking about that. That's probably why they didn't right. use gold this time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because well, otherwise that would be kind of well, busted. Funnily enough, you couldn't use it both on the same spell, but it looked like you could. Gotcha. Just you would have to sacrifice it for mana first, and then you can choose to to pay for mana via Inspire. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Oh, that's uh, and so, yeah, it just looks a lot like you could, even though you can't. So this like this templating like helps everybody understand. Yes. Like, you can't do that. Yeah, you cannot tap it for both things. Okay. Um, sweet. So th- this is something that's going to be relevant and standard. I think Spell Spindle is going to be super sweet. It's the best rewind and the the best mana drain variant since mana drain. <laughs> can we just take a moment to? Uh, promote something that's going to be coming to your lives very soon on the 20th of this month you will see a spell swindle cast on what side we can't say in an episode of game nights that's right <laughs> in which megan and i play we haven't actually talked about it on the show no, but really? it's been tweeted out yep yeah and okay. so um it is public knowledge game night starring uh, megan and i two-headed giantine in ixalan yeah, sealed versus exciting. jimmy and josh of that's the command right. zone and, and someone gets spell swindled hard, hard. <laughs> It is, I just, it is brutal when it happens. I just couldn't hold it back anymore. Every time no, I look at Spellswindle, all I can think oh. about is that it was so sick. It was. I, it's really sick. You're going to have to watch it to find out. Yeah. I Every time I cube and I get mana drained, it feels like I get gut punched. And this is like <laughs> yeah, the same, this is this is the same card, but like even more devastating because you have the mana forever. Yes. And also right away. So in it's any like, color. Yeah, in any color. Like if you played with Rewind, which is a perfectly reasonable counter spell, this is Rewind <laughs> that lets you keep the mana. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally fair card. Uh, so yeah. Awesome. Check it out on the 20th. It drops. Anyway. So Treasure's sweet. Yeah, Treasure's really cool. I'm very excited by it. Uh, so we're going to hit Enraged. We're going to talk about the dinosaur. Enraged. Yes. So a uh, bunch of dinosaurs have Enrage. Uh, enrage is an ability word. And I'm going to go through a, a dinosaur with enrage really quick so that we can we can see what it does. Uh, so Raptor Hatchling is one in a red for a little, little tiny little dinosaur. Guy. It's a one a little one. guy. Little baby dinosaur, 1-1. One, one. Enrage, whenever Raptor Hatchling is dealt damage, create a 3-3 three, three green dinosaur creature token with trample. Mm. Oh, man. You know what's going to be great? Hmm. When there's a sick aura that we can put on this bad boy and, and a pinger. <laughs> but there's a, there's a bunch of auras in this set. Oh really? Actually, yeah, there's it, it, there's a set of common auras. There's a there's a blue one that gives plus two plus two in flying, and a red one mm-hmm. swashbuckling that gives plus two plus two in haste. And oh yeah, so, and then the black one, the mark of the vampire. Mark of the vampire plus yeah. two plus two in lifelink. So there, there's actually a bunch of auras in this set. Repeatable three three. Somebody yes. do it and tweet it at MTA cast. <laughs> Thank you. Very exciting. <laughs> so enrage, as I mentioned, is an ability word, which means the enra- the word enrage is basically flavor text. It doesn't do anything itself on the card. Uh, everything that an enrage card does is spelled out 
explicitly on the card. So if it just said enrage and then nothing else, it'd be like, that does nothing. That does yeah, nothing. it does nothing. <laughs> and it, it gets angry. Yeah. But, but then nothing happens. Yeah, nothing happens. Good job, you're so, mad. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, but enrage is basically a when this is dealt damage trigger. Uh, and so it, when Raptor Hatching is dealt damage, everything with enrage is when this is dealt damage. Do a thing. And that happens after the damage happens. Uh, snapping Sailback actually calls that out explicitly. He has the ability Enrage. Whenever Snapping Sailback is dealt damage, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And then it says in reminder text, it must survive the damage to get the counter. <laughs> <laughs> Good yep. point. Yes. Good yep. point. It must. It must. It probably will because it's a 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, and it's flash. It's real big. Yeah. It's, it, it, you will get mugged by Snapping Sailback. I, I predict I will get mugged by Snapping Sailback multiple times. Remember, everybody, this, this, this card block. is in the set. It costs five, okay? Yeah. Yep. Four if, and a green. Yeah, if you attack into four and a green, beware. beware. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but, well, you probably need Raid, which is the next mechanic I want to talk about. Oh, all right. Uh, Let's so hear it. Raid is the pirate mechanic. It's on a bunch of pirate cards and a bunch of instants, a bunch of sorceries that are all pirate-themed. And um, so I'm going to talk about Rigging Runner, which is a straightforward Raid card. Single red for a 1-1. One, one. First strike. Raid. Rigging runner enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it if you attacked with a creature this turn. And so is Raid, how is Raid similar or different to something like Enrage? Uh, it's an ability word as well. The word Raid doesn't mean anything. It just tells you this does something based on you having attacked. Uh, and so Rigging runner says if you attacked, get a plus one, plus one counter on it. Uh, Raider's wake says Raid at the beginning of your end step. If you attacked with a creature this turn, target opponent discards a card. So it has a, an end step trigger that happens every turn if you attack. Uh, it's a little bit different, but it just looks at did you attack or not, which yeah. is all that raid, it, like all the card, raid cards just care about having attacked. Question, something like Raider's Wake uh, that looks at it at the end step. Mm -hmm. um, say I attacked with stuff and then played this post-combat. It's going to, is it going to see me having attacked? Yep. It gotcha. just it just asks the game the state of did you attack or did you not attack. It doesn't need to have seen it itself. It can yes. ask no. the game. Yes. Uh, excuse me, game. Uh, uh, did, did I they attack? <laughs> I, I anthropomorphize the game a lot. I think there there being a third player, the game of magic that does a lot of processing for the me. The game of magic That's is watching great. us all. Yes. <laughs> Play it. <laughs> wow. It's weird. It's weird, you guys. It's weird and great. And it's got big eyes and two horns. And, a and no mouth. It doesn't really actually claw. answer questions. Oh, creepy! <laughs> what you we just described is horrifying. Oh. oh, you're the one who said giant claw hand. <laughs> no mouth is really what got me. Oh god. <laughs> have you guys ever read that the horror the horror short story? Um, I have no mouth and yet I must scream. And I yes. must scream. And I must yes. scream. Yeah, Harlan Ellison. Oh Whoa. boy. Yes. No, that's, thank that's, you. Do you know? I like to read that. That's like my Halloween activity. Is reading that. Like, yeah, just, it's just like costumes are fine, <laughs> parties are fine, but really, I just want to like go and read a story that's going to creep me out. Just go read a bunch of Harlan Ellison, The, uh, the Boy and His Dog, um, Revenge Harlequin, uh, Repent Harlequin said the TikTok man. Ah, yes. I haven't yeah. heard of it. Really? Really. It's a great um, title. Go, go find um, Nightbird Tales, I think is the name of the collection that has a whole bunch of really good, really creepy ones for Okay. Him. Maria knows I'm real bad with spooky things. <laughs> yeah. With this is surprising movies, to me. But for some reason, spooky stories, I'm like all about it. Ooh, I should tell my spooky story um, in a, an extra special patron special sometime, Ooh, Megan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a very spooky story I made up when I was very young. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's not spooky at all, but I thought it was. That's right. 
wait. Should we, I want to? I want to tell people the end line just so that they know. What okay. Was, or like okay. Not, like, but the end thing that happens, and the and the baby ran like, and the baby rode away on the long clawed dog. Yep. <laughs> that is the end of Maria's spooky story. Anyways, how did we get to that point? You left to become you a patron to find out. So, we're talking about raid. raid. Uh, there's it, there's also some raid spells, uh, instanced sorceries that say that will change the way that they resolve if you attack this turn. So, like fire cannon blast is one red red for a sorcery. Fire cannon blast deals three damage to target creature. A raid fire cannon blast deals six damage to that creature instead if you attacked with a creature this turn. Mm-hmm. So they read the whole spell basically when you're going to try to resolve an instant or sorcery in this set, because it might it might change its mind later on in the spell about how it's going to resolve. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I'm going to do six. Mind. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I make that a bigger number. Uh, there's also one really weird oddball spell that that gains an activated ability in your graveyard if you have attacked. Yes. Uh, it's super sweet. It's like a hemorrhoid garden uh, for those of you who've been playing for twenty years um 22 21 i like that you looked at your hands <laughs> 20 how many years uh, double this yeah <laughs> double this. more than these uh so uh, i also want to hit on vehicles which are coming back if you if you pick yes. up during amonkhet or and skipped kaladesh uh you won't know about vehicles we have a bunch of pirate ships they're sweet so like dusk legion dreadnoughts a four six for five mana which is fine uh, but it isn't actually a creature uh, it has power and toughness, but it's not a creature. It's an artifact vehicle. It has vigilance and crew two. You tap any number of creatures you control with total power two or more to turn it into a creature until end of turn with that power toughness live on it, basically. And the you can overcrew, so you can send a three to crew your your crew two. Um, you don't get change back, and you can't do it in installments. So if you have a one one that can untap itself somehow, you can't you can't pay. Pay one, untap, and then pay one again. Oh, you need okay. to pay all the all of the power up front when you're crewing the vehicle. <laughs> Just like when I bought my car. Just kidding. That's the opposite of how most people yeah. buy their cars. <laughs> <laughs> it is how I bought my car. Oh, is it? Oh, yes, in- indeed. Oh, yeah. uh, that's because my car cost not that much. <laughs> <laughs> Megan drives a red wagon flyer. <laughs> you have to pull it. <laughs> you didn't mount a lawnmower engine in it. it. <laughs> You know what? I'll have to look into that upgrade. <laughs> it's gonna really like, change my life. I love you. Don't get change. Like I take my three three and I crew this vehicle, and then I get like a token one one. I split my creature down well, the can, middle. Well, you don't get change to crew a different vehicle. Like oh, say that you have two of these. You, you couldn't use a three three and a one one to crew both of them. You, <laughs> yeah. Your three three yeah. has to all go onto the yeah. onto one onto one. Because that would be really weird if your driver right. was. In two cars. Like their yes. hand is over in another car. In two yeah. boats at the same time. Like just <laughs> one foot on each boat. <laughs> I, th- I think I saw that in a movie once actually. Yeah, I think that, it was I'm pretty footloose. sure Pirates of the Caribbean oh. did that. Probably true. You know all those boat scenes and footloose. No, I'm thinking of when the opening scene when they've got the, they're playing chicken or something, and she's climbing from no, she's climbing from one car to the other. That's what's going on, and she has her two one foot in each car, and is like standing on them as they're driving down the road. I don't remember yeah, this. Yeah, it is highly unsafe. <laughs> more unsafe than all of the dancing that happens also, in that movie. I want to point also out. Also, m- more unsafe than watching the film Footloose and expecting a good time. Whoa! Oh, 
Holy crap! <laughs> Sick bird on Footloose. Are you kidding me right now? Are no. You, you're no, joking, I'm not. Are you joking my butt? Footloose is a great film. And, the, well, I, I'm not going to say that. The music is fun. <laughs> the music is fun. <laughs> Footloose is a great film. No. no wait, I, I, I never back mind. That up. I never back mind. that up. Yeah, Let's yeah. hear it for the boy. Let's, great let's song. Let's walk that back. <laughs> okay. Footloose is a, is a terrible movie that has one good song in it. <laughs> Footloose is also a I good song. I stand corrected. You want to dance a Footloose? Okay, you're right. Okay, two good songs. It has two good songs, which totaled to like 10 minutes out of an hour and a half running. I've Anyways. seen movies with, with worse ratios than that. That's bad. Like I've paid money for movies with worse ratios than that. That's how so. movies should be advertised. What's the ratio to good parts of this movie to bad to parts? To bad parts. And then so then you have Hot Fuzz, which is like 150% because you go out of the movie trying to figure out exactly how awesome it was. Right? Oh, that's it's cute. So it's so great. Hot Fuzz is amazing. Um, so last touch, at last point I want to hit on vehicles. Yeah. They don't have haste. So if you yeah. play a vehicle and crew it, you can't attack with it that same turn. Right. You can block with it, but you can't attack with it the same turn. Gotcha. Um, and you also should crew before you attack. But summoning sick creatures can yes. crew a boat. Summoning sick, yeah. So you you can definitely play the play your boat, and then the next turn play a dude and crew it immediately. Sweet. Because it doesn't use the tap symbol, which is the defining it, like yeah. it's the defining factor on whether or not something needs haste to be active. I like when you said you you made it like akin to animating a, a creature land. Yeah, yeah. It, so just like a creature land, you should animate it before you attack. Right. Because if you start trying to attack with some uh, with some creatures, your opponent should have gotten the chance to do something before you start attacking. Gotcha. Right. And so you should just crew your boat and then get in there afterwards. They're going to get the chance to respond in the middle no matter what you do. So be upfront about it or else you're giving them a bunch of information or sometimes getting locked out at a more competitive tournament. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, those are the new those are the new mechanics. There's no dedicated mechanic for either merfolk or vampires. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, they, they're just kind of doing it all. Yeah, they're, they're just doing a bunch of random stuff. There's uh, there's a couple more merfolk explorers than there are otherwise. Vampires are life linking and stuff. Yeah, I guess. they life link. They pay some life. They gain you life. If you remember the the white black deck from Battle for Zendikar that like gained a bunch of life and then paid it for things. Oh yeah, yeah. It looks pretty mm-hmm. similar to that. Very cool. And so, and merfolk are just kind of like fish. Yeah, they just bounce your stuff. They're a tempo deck. If yeah. if people pay attention to what kinds of decks get played, they like bounce your thing and attack with the two two go. All right, unblockable. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah, may or may not be blockable. Whatever. Uh, I want to talk about two rules changes. One of them I'm going to spend a little bit of more time on than the other. So planeswalkers. If you look at a planeswalker from a previous set, it just said planeswalker dash and then the planeswalker subtype. So it'd be planeswalker dash Jace. And now in this set, you have legendary planeswalker dash Jace. Or I wanted to talk about um, quality warrior poet uh, because that's cool. She's great. She's, she's, she's great. awesome. She's a dinosaur writer that is also a poet. Like she does. <laughs> she does it, it all. <clears throat> what more do you want? Get someone who can do it all. Write a dinosaur and write you a poem. Probably while writing the dinosaur. While yeah. writing the dinosaur. While writing the dinosaur. So what they're doing is they're making a actually fairly substantial change to how planeswalkers work. Planeswalkers are now legendary. The Planeswalker uniqueness rule is getting dragged out behind the barn and then sent off to a farm upstate. Um, Maria, he said he's taking it to a farm. But yep. why does he have to take it behind the barn first? Because that's the way to the car. But why right. is he bringing a shotgun? Because the road the, is dangerous. Yeah, they, they want to they steal my Planeswalker. Oh, okay. I got, I got to defend it from bandits. So can I, I can go visit this this Planeswalker? Yeah, on, maybe on when you're older. Rule on the farm? Maybe when you're older. Okay, well, I'm going to remember. Don't think I'm not going to remember. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you a new rule for Planeswalker someday. It'll okay. Be, it'll be a rule. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll poke holes in the, in the box at Christmas. 
So, um, so planeswalkers are now legendary. What that means is the old rule was you couldn't have two uh, two planeswalkers with the same planeswalker type of at the same time. So you couldn't have two Huwalti planeswalkers. Huatli? Huatli. Huatli? Huatli planeswalkers out at the same time. Now you can have two different named planeswalkers out at the same time. So you still can't have two copies of Huatli Warrior Poet, but you can have Huatli Warrior Poet and Huatli Dinosaur Knight. Ooh. Uh, Huatli Dinosaur Knight's from the Planeswalker deck, so you probably won't see her in Standard a bunch. Right. But uh, you can. You could definitely have both copies of her. You could have two Jaces. You can have two Nisses, as long as they're different copies of each other. Gotcha. Um, in modern, you could have one million Gideons. Yes. You could uh, oops, all the Gideons. Oops, That's all true. Gideons is a, is a real deck. <laughs> and uh, one note, if you play Commander, the the Commander, you know, Secret Council has not said that Planeswalkers can be your Commanders. So be aware, this doesn't, this doesn't make any change to how your Commanders function. It just, you know, adds a random type to Planeswalkers and changes their rules a tiny bit under the hood. Wow, there's a commander secret council. Yeah, Shh. they wear hoods. I mean, no, there's they not. Meet, they, they meet on Skype because <laughs> they're all across the country. <laughs> they meet on Skype. There's nothing. There's nothing better than imagining a bunch of people in a very secret council just being like, "Okay, fire right, Skype, fire Skype, <laughs> doop, 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 bring, bring, bring." Hello, this hey, you is guys, like the secret council. You thought about moving to to Google Hangouts? Uh, uh, turn Skype off the lights in your room. It's not weird enough. <laughs> it needs to be more secret. All right, what's the second crazy rule change? So this is a, this is a really subtle one, and I'm going to hit it really fast. Enters the, enters the battlefield replacement effects are having a very, very minor change that it's affecting basically like less than 1% of all cards. Uh, but people got all up in arms about it because it got mentioned in the release notes for, uh, for Iconic Masters, which comes out after this. But they put out the release notes because they put out a bunch of cards at Hascon. So the whole set's out, and they want to be able to remind people what the cards do and how to play them. Uh, they they put it in the release notes for that set, and people got all up in arms about how Blood Moon is changing, and it's nothing to do with Blood Moon. It's like a casualty of this change. Gotcha. Um, what, it, what it really boils down to is previously, cards used to not look at other continuous effects, and this is super tactical, before they applied their replacement effects, and now they do. Um it basically means if you have an arcane adaptation, which says um, it's two and blue for an enchantment, as arcane adaptation enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures you control are the chosen type in addition to the other types. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. Uh, and you have a metallic mimic. It's a two one for two. Uh, as metallic mimic enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Metallic mimic is the chosen type in addition to its other type. And each other creature you control of the chosen type enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. Um, previously, if you named Turtle for both of these. <laughs> First of all, great work. Yep. Yeah, well, great. Turtles are nice. Did you, I own the art for Cal State I Snapper. am being legitimate right now. <laughs> I want to see this turtle deck. Yeah. Um, so if you name Turtle for both of these cards and you cast a Rune Claw Bears, which is a bear, right? Bear um, turtle. It's a, but it's a turtle in addition to its other types. It enters the battlefield. Yeah. It's always a turtle. It wouldn't get a counter. Gotcha. Uh, you would think it would get a counter, but it doesn't. Okay. Um, so now it does. Now it does. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Um, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you really don't understand why this had to exist before, I will talk your ear off about Overwhelming Splendor and Clone and Hydras and all sorts of other nonsense if you comment on the YouTube video. <laughs> because I, I can talk about this for a bunch, but it boils down to they wanted to make these cards work. Like in more a way intuitively. Would yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. 
Awesome. Well, those are some pretty sweet mechanics and abilities. Let's talk about some specific cards. Single cards. These are cards that are looking for a hot date. Yeah, hostage taker. She will take you on a date. Wow, she sure she sure will, and then she'll own you, or not really own you. Control you. No, no, no. You. She'll 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 sell you back to your dad, um, who has a specific set of skills. He's like a pasta chef. Um, so hostage taker, two three uh, two blue black. Is uh, that what Liam Neeson meant? <laughs> That he was a pasta uh, maker? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Thanks, he, you guys. Yeah. He knows how to boil water, add salt to it, and he knows how to make pasta from scratch, actually, which is an underappreciated skill. That's really impressive. Oh, Liam, you, you continue to impress <laughs> just constantly. So, hostage taker. When hostage taker enters the battlefield, the card says exile target artifact or creature until hostage taker leaves the battlefield. You may cast that card for as long as it remains exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast that spell. This card has errata already. What does that mean? Uh, they're changing the text of the card to make it work right. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, it's, it's every once in a while, and it, it, just, to, just to think about how rarely cards actually, that are in standard actually get functional changes to their text. Uh, Hostage Shaker is the first time since, I think, Walking Atlas that they've wow. actually misprinted a card. Okay. Uh, and so Hostage Shaker should say exile another target artifact or creature. So it can't exile itself. Right. Because otherwise you could play a hostage taker, target itself, have it remove itself, and then it'll come back right away. Because gotcha. the duration will end as soon as it leaves. So yeah. it could just flicker itself a bunch to get you infinite enters. Like, if you have something that says whenever a pirate you control enters the battlefield, do a thing, you can get infinite yeah. copies of that. Okay. Or if it was alone, if there were no other creatures in the battlefield and entered the battlefield, the game ends in a draw because it's not optional. Oh, boy. Which, wow. that's not the case. They eroded it. It's another target artifact or creature. Gotcha. So we're good now. <laughs> Look, it happens to the best of us. Yep. Uh, like, I... Like I when ex- I forget the word another. Like when I said I would like one Oreo Blizzard, I should have said, and also another. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Hostage Taker is getting getting some errata there. Okay. Um, we're going to move on to another interesting card, Skullduggery. It's a common. You'll see it a bunch. It might be the best combat trick in the set. I love this card. It's a great name. Uh, yeah. Uh, single black, instant. Until end of turn, target creature you control gets plus one, plus one, and target creature an opponent controls gets minus one, minus one. It has two targets. You have to have two targets in order to cast Skullduggery. Gotcha. If your opponent has no creatures, you can't boost your guy. If you have no creatures, you can't kill their creature. If, say I have one, they have one, and I cast this on mine and on theirs, and I only have the one, and they kill mine in response. Then it'll resolve. It, it, okay. Um, so spells... If they have multiple targets, uh, will if the if all of their targets are gone, they don't resolve. If gotcha. at least one of their targets are still there, they will resolve and do what they can. Gotcha. <laughs> Look, do I'm what just I gonna can. do what I can. <laughs> yeah, Skullduggery is like you know you made a pretty good effort. You cast me. You had some targets. You had illegal yeah. targets. Yep. Okay. That by the way, that trick is great. I yeah. love it. Oh man, I I'm very excited, and I'm also planning on getting Skulldugged a lot because it's oh, real cheap. Skullduggery. So, I want to hit Bellowing Aegisaur. Uh, it's white and five. Don't hit it. It has Enrage Raw. No, I want to hit it a lot because it makes all my other creatures bigger. Yes, this card's great. It's white and five for a three five dinosaur. Enrage. Whenever it is dealt damage, put a plus one, plus one counter on each other creature you control. Nice. So, if something deals damage to all your creatures at the same time, like there's Pirate Clasm, 
uh, that oh, <laughs> I mean, it's boy. got a real name, but oh, yeah, boy. There, there's no way yeah. anybody's going to call it anything else. That's great. Pirate Clasm. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well done. Right. So, so Pirate Clasm deals two damage to each non-pirate creature. If you have a 2-2, it'll die. Uh, it just like it just like we talked about before with the sailback, the creature needs to survive for Age of Source Trigger to put a counter on it. Gotcha. Um, Makes sense. Uh, this will be a relevant thing to a bunch of people. Um, Imperial Lancer. Uh, he loves dinosaurs. Or she? I cannot tell uh, if he or she part. from here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Imperial Lancer is a 1-1 one, one for single white. It's a human knight. Imperial Lancer has double strike as long as you control a dinosaur. Which is super sweet. They really love dinosaurs. Yeah. And so Imperial Lancer, if Imperial Lancer like attacks in and you attack with a dinosaur and the dinosaur tr- it like dies during first strike combat damage, Imperial okay. Lancer won't deal regular combat damage. Will only deal the first strike damage because Imperial Lancer will lose double strike before normal damage happens. Because they've lost wow. the dinosaur they're riding. Yep, exactly. So if Imperial Lancer will fall off and be like, the dinosaur is giving me the ability to hit twice. I lost my dinosaur friend during first strike. So sad. Yeah. Lancer, I'm sorry. I have to think about it this way because that helps me remember. <laughs> I make like I make I little fell flavor off stories. My dinosaur. Yeah. It's it's actually kind of accurate. So <laughs> steadfast armosaur is a two three for white and three, vigilance, white one and tap or one white and tap. Steadfast armosaur deals damage to equal to its toughness to target creature blocking or blocked by it. And so. If Steadfast Armosaur attacks, somebody blocks it, and then you you hit it with its giant spiked tail, like it like does. Yeah. Uh, it won't deal damage to the player unless it gained trample somehow. Gotcha. Which there's a way to do that. But yes. uh, it, if if something is blocked, it only deals damage to the defending player if it has trample. Even gotcha. if you kill the blocker somehow. Grim Captain's Call. Yeah. For so, a second I thought it said Grim Captain's Cult. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's weird, but okay. No, I'm just thinking, well, yeah. Reanimates a bunch of things, yeah. Uh, so black and two, or two and black sorcery. Return a pirate card from your graveyard to your hand. Then do the same for vampire, dinosaur, and merfolk. So it doesn't target. You make the decisions as it resolves. So if they exile some cards from your graveyard and you have a different pirate, you can choose a different pirate than the one you originally wanted. Ooh. Oh, that's good. And also it can bring back four cards. Question. Do nice. I have to do it in this order? <laughs> Like, I, mean, I for sure, I have to start with pirate, right? Right. So the, the whole thing happens during the resolution of the spell. They can't respond in the middle of it to remove something later. So it doesn't actually matter what order the things come back. Right. So you just you just pick these four cards, up like to four cards, Splay them out, say, this is my pirate, this is my dinosaur, this is my vampire. But you must have a pirate in, a, in your graveyard in order to cast it. Nope. You, you can cast this with no cards in your graveyard. I mean, I can, can I cast it with only dinosaurs in there? Yep. Okay. You can cast it with, with any random things you want in your graveyard, and then as it resolves, you make a decision. Do you have a pirate? Uh, well, I can't return a pirate. It doesn't do that. I can return this dinosaur and this merfolk, though. Because it's so weird the way that it's written, you know? It's yeah. like, you have... It, to me, it makes me... It sounds like, oh, you well, first you gotta do the pirate, then you can do whatever else you want. Well, but it isn't conditional, right? It says return a pirate, then return a vampire, then return a dinosaur, then return a merfolk. Yeah, I guess it just it feels out. like it, yeah, like, it, it, because like, of then. Yeah, and especially because Why doesn't it say return a pirate and all of these other things, if I you mean, want? It, it, it could just say that. It could, it, like, it would be a little bit different template. It would say... Um, return, return up to one pirate card, up to one vampire card, up to one merfolk card, up to one dinosaur card from your graveyard to your hand. I think this reads a little cleaner because yeah. it doesn't have four up twos. 
Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh. Have you heard about up to? <laughs> What's up to? I don't know. What are you up to? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Walked right into that one. I saw that coming all the way <laughs> the entire time. But <laughs> so, um, Dire Fleet Ravager. Move on to another card here. Uh, Dire Fleet Ravager is black, black three for a four four orc pirate wizard. I, I usually don't read the type lines. It's a sweet type, type line, though. <clears throat> Has Medicine Death Touch. And when Dire Fleet Ravager enters the battlefield, each player loses a third of his or her life rounded up. Nice. Uh, which is super sweet. And it takes a little bit to wrap your brain around it. If you have, like, 15 life, you'll lose five. Right? Because it's a yeah. third. That's a third of 15. So you divide by three and then whatever number you get. And it's rounded up. So if you have a fraction, you know, tack that on. If you have 16 life, you'll lose six. Cool. Uh, which is actually pretty brutal. That's about the right spot to cast it, I think, is if they have 15 or more life. I mean, you want to anyways because it's a 4-4 menace death touch. But, um, yep. and this gets everybody. This gets you and your opponent. <laughs> Important to remember. Important. <laughs> uh, and this will kill them if they're at one. Okay. Nice. Uh, rowdy Crew. Red, red, two, three, three, trample. When Rowdy Crew enters the battlefield, draw three cards, then discard two cards at random. If two cards that share a card type are discarded this way, put two plus one plus one counters on Rowdy Crew. The card types don't have to be an exact match. So if you discard an artifact creature and a creature, you're you'll good. get the counters. You're good. <clears throat> nice. Double face cards, like we said before, will only see their front side. So if you discard a forest and also treasure map, no well, good. No good. It's an artifact and a land. Didn't okay. get there. And if you crew a vehicle with Rowdy Crew, expect to get into a boating accident. Yeah, they they they're actually, rowdy. Well, they don't they don't follow like either good sense or laws. You know, don't drink and boat. Yeah, yeah, they're rowdy. They've got their mead. <laughs> drink and boat. It, important you, safety is important. You, you didn't grow up here. This is I actually didn't. really relevant. It don't is don't drink and boat. It is also like don't drink in snowmobile. Oh, oh gosh, God! No. I mean, nobody follows that. That one sounds. <laughs> I, really? I've never snowmobiled, but that sounds horrifying. I mean, snowmobiling sounds horrifying. Yeah, that's true. I was never, like, allowed to go on a snowmobile because my mom had a friend who got, like, under one and, like, broke some bones. Ooh. So that, that, ah. that doesn't surprise me. They're pretty heavy. Yeah. Like, so my, my parents owned a resort oh, no. growing up. Is this another Rob Almost Dies story? <laughs> no, actually. Like, we, we practiced good snowmobile safety. My dad groomed trails, but, like, my... It's a resort restaurant, and we served a lot of liquor because we were in northern Wisconsin. Like for the for those <laughs> like of, you do yeah. uh, for those yeah. of you who aren't either aren't from the United States or aren't from the northern United States, um, go look up. There's a map that has a ratio of <laughs> bars to grocery stores. I think it is. Uh, bars to churches. It's a bars to churches ratio map by county, and you can see the shape of Wisconsin <laughs> because everything else has more churches than bars, except for Wisconsin, there's more bars than churches. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, to, to give you an idea of Wis how Wisconsin Classic yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, my parents owned a bar. Don't drink in snowmobile was advice. Everybody gave this advice. And as far as I can tell, nobody ever took it. Wow. wow. Don't do it. Kids, don't drink don't in snowmobile. Don't drink in snowmobile. It's like it, you're snowmobiling in the cold. You will fall off your snowmobile and then you will freeze to death. It will be bad. Don't take too strong of a cough syrup and drive while we're at it. Yeah. You can drink milk in any of these situations. Yeah. Drink a lot of milk. What? If, if you are adding other things to your milk. I can drink and drink milk. No, no, no. It's you can drink milk and just 
Go on. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, moving on. Wait, so of, of, the, of the three things of drinking milk, drinking alcohol, and operating heavy machi- machinery, it's the white Russian. I can I can drink milk and and drink alcohol. I can drink milk and drive heavy machinery. Yep. I cannot drink alcohol and drive heavy machinery. Correct. Correct. There, you, there go. you go. You got yes. it. We laid it all yes. out for you. Easy as that. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, Tecatli Honor Guard. Tecatli Honor Guard. Uh, so Tecatli Honor Guard is uh, one and a white for a 1-3. Creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger. Uh, this is the same text as a card called Topor Orb, if anybody's been playing for a while. Uh, they might have seen Topor Orb. Uh, but this card, it, Topor Orb led to a lot of questions, and Tecatli Honor Guard is going to do the same. This stops when something enters the battlefield. So, for instance, all the Explore cards say that have that are based on entering the battlefield say when this enters the battlefield it explores gotcha. that doesn't trigger those are triggered abilities when whenever or at to note a triggered ability gotcha. um, there are things that say as something enters the battlefield or enters the battlefield with or enters the battlefield as something uh those aren't triggers they replace entering the battlefield with entering the battlefield a little differently <laughs> those aren't stopped by Takatli on regard gotcha uh, when in doubt call a judge We'll help you sort it out. Fair enough. Uh, this won't come up a ton in limited. Just remember, it stops them from exploring, uh, and it stops all their random merfolk that have a pile of triggers on them, and it stops random raid dudes. Uh, there isn't a lot in this limited set that it, that it interacts with, or that it fails to interact with. But in standard, you're going to have things like Metallic Mimic. doesn't stop the counters from Metallic Mimic. doesn't stop people from choosing card types with meta- or creature types with Metallic Mimic. Sure. All right. So, uh... Kopala, Warden of Waves. Uh, one blue blue for a 2-2, two, two, a legendary merfolk wizard. Spells your opponent's cast that target a merfolk you control cost two mana more to cast. Abilities of your opponent's activate that target a merfolk you control cost two mana more to activate. Uh, which is super sweet. Yeah. Yeah, they, they have a hard time killing your merfolk. Uh, this is when it says something just says a creature type naked like that, just that target a merfolk. Yeah. Rather than that target a merfolk creature or a merfolk spell, they mean merfolk, it means merfolk on the battlefield. Gotcha. Uh, so this doesn't make it harder to counter your merfolk. They can still do that. Uh, they can counter it for exactly the same amount of mana. This makes it harder for them to uh, for them to uh, grasp of darkness your merfolk. This makes it which that's rotating, right? Yes. Yeah, grasp is rotating. Uh, but yeah, it makes it harder for them to kill your merfolk. Gotcha. But it doesn't fatal make it, push. Yeah, uh, fatal push because they can't make your merfolk walk the plank. Because it destroys target right. non-merfolk. Wow! Yeah, there you and go. So, merfolk you go. are real hard to kill, actually. Well, I mean, they swim away. Yeah, yeah, they're slippery. Uh, and so, yep, it doesn't stop them from doing other stuff to merfolk that aren't on the battlefield yet, because those aren't merfolk. They're merfolk spells on the stack, or they're merfolk cards in other zones. Fathom Fleet Fathom Captain. Fleet Captain. Uh, it's bl- uh, one in a black for a two-one. Has menace. It's a pirate. Whenever Fathom Fleet Captain attacks, if you control another non-token pirate, you may pay two mana. If you do, create a 2-2 black pirate creature token with Vigilance. Or, no, Vigilance. Menace. Menace. Good work. Um, so Fathom Fleet Captain is a triggered ability uh, whenever he attacks. Uh, this goes in the stack only if you control another pirate at the time it would trigger. And then it, when it re- at the time it resolves, uh, you may pay two mana and make a pirate token. Uh, if they kill the other pirate in response to the trigger... The trigger goes to resolve and does nothing, and you don't even get the chance to pay mana. Gotcha. But if they say, are you paying mana for that? Well, your trigger is resolving, and you get the chance to make a pirate, and they don't get the chance to kill your second pirate to stop it. Nice. 
Uh, so, so be aware that he, he has decisions at interesting times. <laughs> uh, Ruin Raider. Uh, it's, a, it's black and two for a 3-2. Uh, raid. At the beginning of your end step, if you attack to the creature this turn, reveal the top card of your library and put that card into your hand, you lose life equal to the card's converted mana cost. Oh, it's a little, it's a bomb! Yeah, it's a Dark Confidant. It rewards you for attacking by giving you free Dark Confidant trigger. It's super great. It's not optional. Just like Dark Confidant. It's happening. Yes, Ruin Raider is at the end, at the beginning of your end step. This is happening! Yes. He, he says, let's go. Let's go! <laughs> We're doing this. Yep. So if you attack with, attack with the creature and then cast Ruin Raider, uh, you're going to be Dark Confidanting. Nice. Which is, yep. Interesting. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Yeah, that's kind of that's actually a very interesting card. Yeah, that yeah. it's not on its self, yeah. you know, and it's really powerful. So, uh, three two for three is a good body on that yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, so Sunbird's Invocation. Uh, we don't have a Phoenix in the set. We have a card with a Phoenix on it. <laughs> so eh. uh, five red. Maybe that bird's just on fire. We don't know. <laughs> it, it's true. That <laughs> some people light birds on fire for no reason. That's we true. call them pirates. <laughs> So Sunbird's Invocation, uh, five and red enchantment. Whenever you cast a spell from your hand, reveal the top X cards of your library where X is that spell's converted mana cost. You may cast a card revealed this way with converted mana cost X or less without paying its mana cost. Put the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, converted mana cost, for those who don't know, is just the total amount of mana as a single number. So Sunbird's Invocation costs six. Converted mana cost is weird. Uh, so we have a bunch of aftermath spells that are split spells, right? On the stack, their converted mana cost is like the, just the side that you choose to, chose to cast. Gotcha. So cut to ribbons. Uh, cut is red. And, or is one in a red for a sorcery. Cut deals four damage to target creature. As you, if you have a sunbird's invocation out and cast cut, your your number is two. You reveal the top two cards of your uh, you reveal the top two cards of your library and cast something that costs two or less. In your library. It's converted mana cost is the sum of the mana costs of both sides. So it would be four. Yep, because ribbons is black is X black black to cast. All right. Um, so you can't you usually can't use uh, aftermath spells in order to trigger and cast themselves, except in cut to ribbons. Or you can't even do it with cut to ribbons because you cast ribbons from your graveyard for aftermath. Yeah. So just generally, uh, I guess with heaven and earth you could. Uh, if anybody's ever going to play that spell. Gotcha. Uh, but generally, you won't ever get the chance to to um, to cast uh, to cast split cards via Sunbird's Invocation, um, unless one of them has an X in it, because it uses the X of the, that you actually pay for the spell to determine its number. So if you have something that costs red X, uh, and you pay red and three to deal three damage, like you have Blaze, yeah. then you get Sunbird's Invocation for four. Gotcha. Because it, it uses the mana that you actually cast it with. Sweet. Stuff like that is always pretty confusing. So Yeah. But again, judge it up if you yeah, need to. If, if you have questions, I will gladly answer them on the YouTube video uh, because I think that's a great place to get some public yeah. public answers on this. Um, Shaper Sanctuary. Enchantment. Single green. Whenever a creature you control becomes the target of a spell or an ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. You draw the card while their spell is in the stack. If you draw a counter spell, you can counter it. It's great. Nice. Interesting. Okay. More chances to respond to stuff. Um, Sorceress Spyglass. It's a two-cost artifact. As it enters the battlefield, look at an opponent's hand, then choose any card name. Uh, activated abilities of sources with the chosen name can't be activated unless they're mana abilities. So first, uh, when you choose a name, you choose something that's legal in the current format. 
So uh, you you can't get hosed by naming a card that's legal in Legacy when you're playing Standard. Oh, that's good. Um, if you have questions for it and you don't remember a card name, but you can describe it unambiguously, <laughs> that's great. If your opponent knows what it is, you're both on the same page, you're good. If your opponent can't figure out what you're saying, call a judge over. A judge will help you figure out what the card name is that ah, you're describing. It's green. Um. <sighs> It, uh, it look it, on the front of it. It kind of has like it's like a it's like a, a, like a, like a dude. It's like a circle. Yeah, of green. A, a cer- uh, green. But, then there, it's, but it's like the circle is um, made of trees or people. Uh, there's forest tall. In yeah, the passing and they're like cross. around something. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, uh, with spy guess they usually name a card in their hand anyway, so it's just easier. Yeah. Um. And note mana abilities are things that make mana. So like treasure, uh, you can't name it because it's not a card name, first of all. Yeah. But even if you could name treasure, they could still use the mana ability of treasure. Um, mana abilities are things that make mana, not things that cost mana. Sweet. This is something I see people get confused on, not infrequently. Well, that's a great list, Rob, yeah. of specific cards from Ixalan that might, might trip people up at the pre-release. So thank you so much for spelling that out for us. Um, and like you said, of course, if you have questions moving forward, don't be afraid to call a judge. It can be scary at yeah. first, but uh, it's uh, so worth it. And they're and they're friendly and they don't bite. Yeah. Um, we don't want to answer your questions. We get bored. <laughs> yeah. Give them something to do for crying out loud. Gosh. And now we're gonna we're gonna do some questions from you all out there in yeah. listener land. So thank you to everybody who sent in questions for Judge Rob this episode. Uh, at MTA Cast is where he submitted them, as well as our Facebook page, which if you don't like it, you should go over there and check it out. Facebook.com slash MTA Cast. The first question I'm gonna read is from Facebook from Victor. Can you create treasure at instant speed? During your upkeep to trigger the alternate win condition on Revel in Riches. No. So Revel in Riches is black and four, or four and a black, depending on how you read mana costs. It's an enchantment. It says whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, create a colorless treasure token that does the treasure token thing. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control ten or more treasures, you win the game. And so this is, a, this is a special trigger called an intervening if trigger. I didn't go into detail. We, we talked about it, um, one of them actually without talking about it quite that way earlier. Uh, it, it needs the con- trigger condition to be true at the time that it goes to trigger and then also at the time it resolves. If you don't have 10 treasure tokens as, as you start your upkeep, it won't trigger. Okay. So it's very possible they will respond to the trigger and do some shenanigans to get rid of a treasure token, in which case it goes to resolve and does nothing. Interesting. All right. They had a follow-up question. Sorry, real quick. Yeah. Is the character Grimace from McDonald's a chicken nugget? No, he's... He's a... What is he? Is he a gumdrop? I thought he just was a frown. No, no, no. He's no. like a personified frown. He's just a sad, sad frown man. He's like a purple... Yeah, he does look like a purple gumdrop. He's certainly not a chicken nugget. No, I mean... I heard he was something at one point. Now I can't remember what he actually is supposed to okay, be. Okay, Megan, supposed to be ask a, your question. I'm going to be a okay. great drink. Get into this. Um, all right. Uh, so this person, first, this one we'll just clarify real quick because we talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the exile trigger trigger after attack from Conqueror's Galleon. I don't understand. Uh, can I use the effect that turn or does the card return tapped? Uh, oh. So it, it returns on tap. So Conqueror's Galleon, it's a vehicle that transforms that I talked about. Yeah. Uh, it's a four-cost a four artifact. Uh, it's a 
it's a 210 crew four, which is a really high crew cost. When it attacks, exile it at end of combat, then return it to the battlefield transformed under your control. This makes it untapped if it was tapped before, unlike yep, most of the things. because it goes away, and then it comes back, and it right. says, well, now that I'm coming back. Yep. And it turns into Conqueror's Foothold, which is a sweet land that does a bunch of stuff. It draws you cards. It returns cards from your graveyard to your hand. Um, the It returns that same turn. It just leaves and comes back right away. Uh, it That's to clear any damage on it and to make sure that it doesn't come back trying to be animated as a land. Uh, from yeah. a rules perspective, it would be a creature. But because there's no power toughness printed on Conqueror's Foothold, it would not have any power and toughness. So it would be a 0-0 zero, zero and die. Wow. So, so it's just making sure it doesn't yeah, die. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a rules hack to make sure make sure it's clean and it works. It's the one that comes back untapped, basically. Nice. Um, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, you can use it that same term. Yep. Um, also, by the way, everybody, if you are looking at cards online, we, as always, recommend... Uh, Scryfall! Scryfall. Yeah, strongly recommend Scryfall. It's, it's really good. great. Anyways. All right, I have an update. Uh, okay, tell us. <laughs> so Grimace uh, is a character, of course... Uh, featured in McDonald's commercials, he's a large, purple, anthropomorphic being of indeterminate species with short arms and legs. Being of indeterminate species. <laughs> All right. That's what I, I have on my dating profile. Uh, I, purple, purple blob. Purple blob. Purple okay. blob. Originally uh, called Evil Grimace, by I the way. Have... So is McDonald's just super progressive? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's okay. just, you know, it's indeterminate. Okay. Uh, can I refer to the Shadowed Caravel? As a Ford Explorer, or is that improper mixing of cars and boats? <laughs> well, so Shadowed Caravel doesn't explore. It rewards you for exploring. Yes. So, like, I, I don't think it's actually an explorer. There you go. There's, so you can't. There's that. They also <laughs> hashtag very creative. car talk. Oh, hashtag car talk. Hashtag car talk. Uh, I have a question here. If Takatli Honor Guard, who we met earlier in this yeah. episode, is in play, preventing ETB enter the battlefield triggers yep. does that count as countering the trigger if you have a panharmonicon can you choose to keep one of the triggers nope they don't trigger at all it, creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger they just don't trigger okay i'd uh, never go on the stack they don't get a panharmonicon they don't get countered they just don't happen uh does damage from infect creatures trigger in rage great question that is a great question and it's also the same i would imagine with wither um, or something like that. So uh, to, to look at, at Sailback that we talked a little bit, bit about earlier, it says, spells it out, whenever snapping Sailback is dealt damage. It, it doesn't care if uh, it doesn't care if that damage resulted in counters or having damage marked on it. Um, it was dealt damage. You can prevent it, just like if you remember playing during Scars of Mirrodin, there are things that prevented damage. Mm-hmm. They prevented infect, right? Gotcha. Uh, and so, similarly, snapping sailback doesn't care what the actual result of that damage is. Uh, it just cares that damage was done that to it. That it happened. Yes. And hey, putting game, like, did damage happen? <laughs> yes. Putting a minus one, minus one counter is not the same as no, a, a it's, getting it's, damage. Yeah, it's not. So if, if um, so there's a bunch of cards from Amonicat that put minus one, minus one counters on things, that isn't damage. That's putting a counter on it. Gotcha. It specifically is dealt damage by a creature. That damage just doesn't cause mar- damage to be marked on it. It does something else as a result. And in Wither's case, it is, instead of damage, it is... It's, it, it's, it's half of Infect. It's, right. It deals normal damage to players, but then deals damage in the form of minus one, minus one counters. To and creatures. so that would count as Enrage. Yep, that would Enrage and Infect would as well. Okay. All right. This is a great, this is a great question. Uh, if I play Arcane Adaptation naming Eldrazi, can I cast Coax from the Blind Eternities <laughs> on any creature in my sideboard? Wow! That's a good question. I would think you could. 
We're about to find out. So Coast from the Blind Eternities um, says you can go get go get an Eldrazi or something. <laughs> just go get just go get that sucker. Creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. I don't think that you own creature cards in your sideboard because it's not a game zone. Um, so Coax from the Blind Eternities, by the way, Tuna Blue for a sorcery uh, from Eldritch Moon. Uh, well, you may choose an Eldrazi card, card you own from outside the game or in exile. Reveal that card and put it into your hand. In this case, it did mean sideboard. Uh, so I would, I would say the game isn't a zone, right? Uh, things in game zones are impacted by cards. Things not in game zones generally aren't. Uh, so you could, if you have an exiled creature, uh, it gets affected by arcane adaptation because okay. it's a creature card you own that isn't that isn't on the battlefield. But <clears throat> Cokes from the Blind Eternities, uh, so arcane adaptation doesn't add types. It doesn't change cards that aren't in game zones. Uh, the game zones are, you know, battlefield, hand, graveyard, library, stack, um, like those are those are and exile and anti so like these are game zones that exist but your sideboard isn't in one of those it's outside of the game in fact okay uh, so that so that the effect sense. from arcane adaptation won't touch it herb um, wants to know if i have a two exile if i have exiled the two-sided card that has been flipped to a land then bring it back will it still be a land or will it revert to the original state since it's coming back into play if you exile it and it doesn't return to the battlefield transformed so some it, yeah, it's like possible. some like kind the of Gal- exile. Well, the Galleon specifically says it returns transformed. If if you exile it and return it not transformed, it comes back as the the front face. Okay. Uh, if you are trying to explore and reveal run aground, must you stop exploring? <laughs> I mean, you only explore one card, That's so right. I mean, yeah. yes, you're just it, done. You're done. You're anyways. done. Yep. If you uh, jo- Joe wants to know if I exile an opponent's creature with hostage taker then cast the exiled creature then hostage taker gets removed does my opponent get anything back yeah because hostage taker is a duration um exile target artifact or creature until hostage oh you cast the spell you cast it though um yes they've cast it if you cast it they don't get anything back okay um it once it once it leaves exile hostage taker loses track of it okay It's not. Where did I put, where did I put that hostage? I, God, I oh, put well. them somewhere, Ugh. but I cannot I always for the life do this. of me figure I out where. I need more professional hostages. <laughs> oh, I left the gas on too. God Jeez. darn it! Uh, turn around. Turn the boat around. We turn gotta go it home, around. Everybody. Uh, for priest of the awakening sun, do I reveal a dino from my hand in order to put the trigger on the stack, or when it resolves? Um, it, well, it resolves. So it has an at the beginning of your upkeep trigger that goes in the stack. Your opponent can respond to it. And if they don't, it resolves and then you get to reveal a dinosaur. Gotcha. Um, it usually doesn't matter. You'll usually just flash a dinosaur like 99 times out of 100. You'd be just like dinosaur and then you write two life in your life pad. <clears throat> Matthew wants to know dinosaur. what is appropriate tokens for treasure tokens? Uh well, you're going to get some tokens for treasure. There are treasure yep. tokens. And you could also use, you know, treasure of your own if you want to bring that to the game store, whatever that means to you. Um, baby photos, uh, you know, like uh, your pets and loved ones, change from your pocket, all of these things. So I'm going to actually pitch if you go into meeplesource.com. Meeplesource? M-E-E-P-L-E. Oh, yeah. like <clears throat> Yeah, like meeples from board games. Mm-hmm. They will actually sell you um, coins, like awesome little little metallic coins that are intended for use in different games so that you can just replace your crappy cardboard coins that are in different games with these sweet metal ones. Oh, that's cool. They're pretty sweet treasure tokens. But you got to be able to tap them. 
right? Doesn't matter. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, if you plan to play a deck that inspires using treasure tokens, you're going to need to be able to tap them. Yes. In like most of the time, you're just going to be like pour a bunch of coins on the battlefield yeah. because you it's you spell cool. because you because you got them. When you win with revel and riches, can I make it rain? Well, I mean, if you want to, but all those dollar bills are now your opponents because you just went with an alternate win condition. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> Uh, here we go. Question from Jen. If I, I want to jump backwards. Oh, yeah. Go quick. ahead. Um, please don't use dollar bills as treasure tokens. Oh, okay. Because, so, we're in the middle of a game. I go and pull up my wall and start laying out dollar bills on yeah, the table. Yeah, that probably looks really bad. that probably looks really bad. That's it, fair. It, yeah. yeah it, don't do it. Like, it sounds really awesome. It sounds really neat. Don't do it. You don't do it. Don't do it. Um, especially if you're at a Grand Prix and you start oh, laying gosh. out dollar bills in front of your yeah. opponent on the table. Um... You'd be like, I was just, <coughs> I was just making, making treasure tokens. Sure okay, you were. buddy. Sure you were. Yeah. <laughs> I, I recommend against this course of action. Jen wants to know, if a dinosaur is crewing a pirate ship, how does he tie the ropes? It depends on what kind of dinosaur, I would say. Let's say T-Rex. Uh, badly? <laughs> I've got this. I've got this, you guys. Look, I've got Look it. Look at just, me, got it. Don't try and help me. I'm getting it. I can do it. Uh, Bruce wants to know, am I correct in stating that the new Jace remains legendary, however, would not be removed because tokens he creates are non-legendary. Thus, although the tokens have the same name as legendary permanent, the permanent remains. Yep. Yes. Uh, it, so both uh, both objects have to be legendary for the legend rule to apply. Uh, so if you if you end up somehow with a, something, legi- a legendary card with a, that shares a name with a non-legendary card, you don't care because legend rule applies to two legendary permanents. Yeah. Cool. And final question here from Henrik. If there is a pirate hat as an equipment, what should it do and how cute would it be on a cat? <laughs> Great question. First of all, super cute on a cat. Also, this mechanic is not relevant anymore, but in my mind, it would give a creature shadow. Oh, yeah, because you're like, oh, yeah. I, I, think it would, I think it would be equipped creature as a pirate, okay. first of all. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Very true. And then it would say, whenever equipped creature attacks, uh, pirates you control get plus one plus zero until end of turn. Okay. Okay. Mine is um, unblockable. Mm, yeah. Oh. Pi- yeah. We probably Where, say equipped creature can't be blocked. It can't yeah. be blocked. That's All right. good. Uh, yeah. I yeah. Like that's like what would happen done here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it would I'm happy be with it. very cute on a cat. It would yes. be so very cute. cute. Thank you for all your questions. And of course, you can ask more if more have come up during yep. this episode for you by heading to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash MTACast. Yep. The video will post Thursday morning and uh, Rob will head over there and check those out. Yep. And uh, they can also like, you know, tweet at you or send you an email if they have more yeah, questions, right? I, I prefer email because then I'll go okay, in depth check your, on stuff. Okay, the email. With 140 characters, oftentimes I'll have to like cut down all my words to be like card work good but no work here. <laughs> All right. What's your email that people can uh, reach out? Robit. Out? That's R-O-B-B-I-T at gmail.com. Fabulous. Perfect. Hey, everybody. It's time for the segment you look forward to more than any other segment on Magic the Amateur and Cutest cool. Card and Gross Card. <laughs> Right. They wade through all of my rules text That's right. to get to the this. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. <gasps> card, gross card. Okay, yes. Um, our grossest card is a giant, a giant house centipede. <laughs> I didn't know what house centipedes were until I moved to Minnesota. Oh boy! There was one in my closet, and I screamed. I screamed, I ran out of the room, and I made my roommate come back and deal with it. It is Skittering Heartstopper. He's got Yuck. a mustache. Oh, God. <laughs> Made is. of, like, mandibles. Oh, no. <laughs> Yuck! 
<laughs> no, He's thank got you, one million likes, and I'm over it. <laughs> Not here for your one million legs, Skittering Hardstopper. Nope, nope, nope. Hard pass. All right, uh, uh, Rob, can you can you scroll down oh, for me scaly to remember the, to remember the other card names that we were going through? So, oh yeah, oh yeah. This is a card that uh, you know I get on my soapbox about pushing the cute cards like yeah. my cute cards have to be organically cute they're just yeah. they just you happen to be cute. cute creep up in here i don't want cute to be shoved up in my face like a raptor hatchling i'm looking at you yep. like you're cute and adorable whatever but they're trying too hard uh, okay you heard it so you are not in my consideration for cutest card even though wow. you're kind of cute okay wow um what was it dinosaur stampede definite runner up oh i'm i mean i'm Pew. already a little mad Pew. They're, they're just, just like, a bunch of running dinosaurs. They're just running and go. taking a little jump. Ancient Brontodon, adorable. Um, it's a nine-nine. Just cute. being, just being its cute little self. Yeah. But my uh, cutest card for this set is actually a white card, which is a dinosaur. And it was one when I first saw it. It was kind of like you know, love at first sight. I saw it early, and it just captured my heart. Bellowing Aegisaur. <laughs> what? <laughs> if wow. you remember this We're card, we all surprised. Yeah, shocking, shocking re- revelation. Oh, he's he's, he's dancing. No, he's, yeah. he's going yeah. up on his hinders and he's going. That is a really interesting interpretation of the noise the dinosaurs make. What do you think he say? Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, there's there's your crown, bellowing Aegisaur for Ixalan, cutest card, grossest card, skittering heartstopper. Yep. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's this episode of Magic the Amateuring. Thank you so much to just Rob for coming and spreading knowledge. You're welcome. Like a bunch of peanut butter on the bread that we are. We are bread. <laughs> we I, I are actually bread. would have made you English muffins in that metaphor oh, if I was doing thank it. you. Wait, no, I don't like English muffins. What no, do you want? You're what kind of bread wrong. type do you want to be? Biscuits. I want to be a biscuit. <laughs> With peanut butter on it? Yeah. Mm, I would eat that. Hmm. Peanut butter biscuit? No. Yeah. I want to be raisin, cinnamon raisin toast. With peanut butter on it? Absolutely. Actually, no. Yeah, that'd be fine. Wow. Peanut butter and raisins are a great combo. What am I? (laughs) (laughs) Megan just goes into a deep thought hole about what kind of bread she is. Can I be like a cinnamon and sugar bagel? I mean, that wouldn't be terrible. We're getting really picky. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, Rob is the knowledge of peanut butter to the bread that we are. So thank you. The knowledge of peanut butter. (laughs) I don't have peanut butter for you. I have simply telling you about peanut butter so that you know. Yes. I have the knowledge of peanut butter. It's true. What you do is you get toast and while it's real hot, you put the peanut butter on it, then you put hot bacon on it. What? Okay, that sounds good. That does sound good. The the oil rises out and then like, yeah, it's great. There you go, everybody. Well, thank you again to everybody who is a member of our Patreon Supporters Club. The Less Than 1% Club is the Best Than 1% Club. Patreon.com slash MTACast. You keep the lights on for us, just like Mattel 6. What? Motel 6? Mattel 6. <laughs> Motel 6. I'll uh, leave the light on for you. I'm Tom Bodette. What? Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank 
you. Thanks. Thank you. And Thanks. Card Kingdom, of course, for being the sponsor of this great and crazy show and helping us live the dream of bringing our nonsense to you every single week. You're uh, really it. You are it. You're it. Check back with us next week to find out how we did at our pre-releases. We'll have some story times for you, no doubt. I look forward to the stories. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs>